Industries. Hello, everybody, and welcome to SWAT Radio on Friday, the 1st of September. I'm David Gray, along with my good friend Brad Sykes, and Doug McCary is off today, and we are happy to be with you live from our Jacksonville, Florida studio on SWAT Radio. If uh, you're new to SWAT Radio or haven't listened for a while, SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth, and we... uh, Go through expository teaching. Uh, Doug McCary does, and Brad has been with Doug pretty much since the radio program started over six years ago. And and he still lets me in. And I he mean, still you lets know, you in. That's, I, that's right. one of the reasons I get to the studio first is so Doug doesn't lock me out. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. Sorry, Doug. There, there you go. Well, we are in uh, – you guys have been in uh, the book of Haggai this week, a short book, but uh, uh, one that is full of wisdom and, and – uh, and uh, God's grace and forgiveness. And um, I was embarrassed to say when Doug taught on this at the uh, at the SWAT training day several weeks ago that I'm not sure I ever actually have read Haggai or read it maybe, you know, just doing the quick, I'm trying to get through certain yeah. books of the Bible. <clears throat> I'm going to read through the Bible in a year. Yeah, but he, he really dug uh, mind so much out of that. And I know you guys have been talking about that this week and we're going to, try to wrap up uh that discussion on on Haggai 1 1 through 15 here as we uh as we end the week well like you and I so often do here on Fridays is uh you know what we've been working through in the text for the week now it's time to let's talk about how do we apply this mm. as I told Doug when he uh when he taught this at the uh SWAT summer training day uh, a couple of weeks ago I'm with you, and I think Doug even said I, he can't remember, recall really doing a deep dive yeah. into the uh, the book of Haggai, and uh, you know some of those listening may be able to say the same. But man, what a powerful book yeah. it is! What a powerful word it is! You know, it's so often uh, Doug has mentioned this before. You know, this idea of unhitching from the Old Testament. How's that possible? Mm. You cannot unhitch from the no. Old Testament, no. Because even the Old Testament is so, it's so good for us today. And you know, when Doug taught it a couple of weeks ago, I needed to hear it. Yeah. There, there were some things, and I don't mind sharing them here. There were some things I needed to really work through in my own life. I mean, you know, Jesus said in John five thirty nine, He said, "It is they," and He's speaking of the Old Testament scriptures. It is they that bear witness about Me. Yeah. How do we unhitch from the Old Testament? Well, you know, you know, I've mentioned this before, and at the risk of being repetitive, but I still think it's worth repeating because I need to be reminded of it all the time, and maybe this would benefit others. But I got this from Alistair Begg, and I'm sure he got it from somebody else. Alistair Begg, the well, Scottish if, if, preacher. If Alistair said it, uh, yeah, I'll, we're I'll okay take with it. it. Yeah. That's right. But but talking about the Bible, you know, we say the Bible is all about Jesus. And it is. And the way he put it is the Old Testament is Jesus predicted. The Gospels are Jesus revealed. Mm -hmm. Acts is Jesus preached. The letters, the epistles are Jesus explained. And Revelation is Jesus anticipated. Yes. And and so there's the connection that Mm -hmm. Jesus is the thread 
through all the scriptures. And, and you know, when we know in Hebrews when it talks about, well, first of all, in Timothy, all scripture is God-breathed. That doesn't mean except for the Old Testament. Exactly. And, and, and also, you know, um, in Hebrews where it says God's word is living and active, like a double-edged sword mm-hmm. able to divide joints and marrows and expose motives. And, you know, when we when I go back, when Doug taught on this and when I go went back on it recently to, to prepare for our time, it, it reminds me how quickly I'm just like the people, the Jewish people, <laughs> worrying about themselves and their priorities mm-hmm. rather than what God wants. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah. it's like a mirror. It sure is. It is. It is. Sometimes you don't want to look into it no. because it exposes some areas of your life. That's right. You know, some of us are building paneled houses. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so much of what we're going to look at even today that Doug and I have been unpacking is this this idea that um, our, our the, the we've got to get our priorities in line. And uh, I, I had the blessing last night of taking dinner to a dear dear brother, dear friend of mine and his wife. He was recently recently diagnosed with stage four colon mm-hmm. and liver cancer. You know, young guy, and uh, you know it was a it was a sweet time to just be with him. But it was a good reminder, even for me, that our days are numbered. What are we doing? You know, and and this whole text is the awakening of the people who have been called out yep. really and i mean we need to be called out sometimes mm-hmm. in fact uh, more than sometimes some of us need to be called out daily yeah and if you're in god's word it's gonna it's gonna come right before you that's right and this text certainly does that's right well we're gonna get into that again uh, we'll we'll go back and read the text and talk about it from a uh, uh, brad and i have been applying certain questions on fridays to the text questions the are you know what stands out or jumps out at us from the text is there anyone we particularly identify with in the text what does the text teach us about god what does it teach us about ourselves and about people in general and 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 to your point brad how can we apply the text and live differently because we've been in the text but a lot of times in the first uh, segment here we talk also about uh, things that are going on in our culture and 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 ways that we can respond to those things uh, as believers and, and respond to them um, based on what God says in his word. And boy, we always joke that there's there's never any shortage of things we could talk about in, in the culture. But we right, right before we came on the air, and I know you've liked to do uh, Good News Fridays sometimes mm-hmm. in the past, we re- talked about a story about a high school football coach um, who was censured and I think removed from his job i forget exactly where this took place i know it's bremerton high school i'm not sure where that is but anyway he was dismissed for praying or leading a prayer at the 50 yard line uh after the game or might have been before the game i'm not sure exactly when but the point is he was dismissed for praying and he filed suit and it went all the way to the supreme court and the supreme court recently ruled for him and uh, that prayer is protected as a as a constitutional under the First Amendment as a constitutional right, and uh, uh, apparently he's going to be awarded quite a settlement. So as, <clears throat> as he should be. I mean, this should never have gotten there. Right. Uh, yeah, football coach who won lawsuit against public school for an on field prayer returns to gridiron. Yeah. Um, of course, that's uh, AP. It's in Washington, Bramerton, okay. Washington. Okay. Uh, it says an assistant high school football coach in Washington State who lost his job during a controversy over his public post game prayers 
is back on the sideline after the U.S. Supreme Court held that its practice was protected by the Constitution. Mm-hmm. You know, here, and we could, you can read the article. <clears throat> it's all in the internet, but um, we've, we've talked about it here. Doug and I have certainly talked about it. The idea that most of the church has gone silent. We haven't been forced to go silent. We've gone silent because we're fearful. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, I hate to say it, it comes to this kind of stuff. But if more of the church would stand up and pray in public, do things in public that declare the glory of God, that declare that we've been called out of darkness and into light. Listen, the rest of the world is able to say whatever they want to say. Mm-hmm. Why are we not saying what we want to say? That's right. And and we should say that no matter what the law says. But, exactly. But of course, this it's important to know that the law still does say that this is okay, right? I think sometimes people start to believe the culture rather than what the actual law is. My wife talks about this all the time. We need to we need to know what yeah. the law says, <clears throat> and and the law says here that this is protected. Yeah. And and you know, like you said, there's there's so many voices in the culture especially in the ears of our kids and the kids are starting to grow up and this is the whole agenda right this is the whole idea make the kids believe that all this stuff that's evil and wrong and contrary to what god says is normal and okay and that praying before a football game or after a football game is abnormal praying is Mm. is um is you know what's the word i'm looking for reckless or mm-hmm. or uh, extremism or right. whatever you want to call it that 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 you know and and how how topsy-turvy have things turned where that's the case yeah, yeah. The, the praying and thanking god and and praying for safety for the kids and you know praying for the thanking god for the opportunity to play and that kids would be learn the right lessons and have good sportsmanship mm-hmm. and all these things that that's somehow wrong yeah it's just it's it's the inmates running the asylum. Right, it's fundamental, and it's goes. fundamental to our country. It's it's fundamental to what it was kind of established on. That's right. And uh, yeah, yeah, I think you mentioned he's this this Joseph Kennedy is set to receive one point seven million after this uh, lawsuit. Well, may, that may may th- uh, may make uh, certain school districts and counties uh, think twice before. Uh, before nipping things like this in the bud or taking the same type of action. But, uh, you know, it's okay to, to teach all the things we've talked about to these kids, but it's not okay to, to say a prayer or leave it. And, and this whole <clears throat> idea, right, the argument always is about, well, it's a public school, therefore it's a government school, and, and this whole idea of separation of church and state. And people... And I don't want to get into all this because I'm not smart enough to get into all of it either. But the idea was never to separate church and state. The idea was the government shall make no state religion. Exactly. The government <clears throat> shall not force people into like Henry VIII with That's the Church right. of England or whatever it was. So this whole there's all these mis you know, it's like people who believe that the Bible says God helps those who help themselves, right? There's been all this misconstrued information out there about what the what the constitution really says and it does not say that you can't pray in the public square Mm. it says the government shall not force you to observe a particular religion i believe so anyway 
I uh, wanted to mention uh, before the first break also, if you didn't get a chance to listen yesterday, um, as you know, Doug uh, has, typically has a guest on Thursdays, and yesterday his guest was his wife, Lori. And, you know, I, I listened to a best, good— Best guest he's had in a long time. Well, I was just going to say, it's, uh, <laughs> I, had, I, had a, I did have a little problem with it right off the bat. He, he introduced Lori as his soulmate and his best friend, and, and I always thought I was his soulmate and his best <laughs> friend. He's told me that before. So apparently uh, Lori is the true soulmate and best friend. But once I got over that disappointment— uh, it's a great interview. Lori does a great job. I didn't get to finish it, but Lori's uh, talking about her story of coming to faith and uh, getting into the story of how she and Doug uh, came to have the family that they have and how they adopted these kids from uh, uh, from China and that they have been on a certainly a wild ride. No doubt. <clears throat> God's no wild ride. God's wild <laughs> that ought to That ought to be a ride. Yeah. You know? I think we're all on it. We actually. are. That's right. <laughs> But anyway, if you get a chance to, to go back yesterday and listen, it's a it's a great interview, and I'm going to finish it up uh, when I get the chance. Um, but uh, very, very interesting. And uh, really, I mean, those of you even who know Doug and Lori but haven't heard details of their story and their life together, it, it's really amazing. And <laughs> at one point they said, you know, we thought we should write a book about all this, or people said have said we should write a book. And Lori said, yeah, the problem is we're too busy. We're too busy to write a book. Yeah, somebody, still- somebody just texted me. He goes, no doubt Lori is the prettiest he's ever had in studio. <laughs> Again. <laughs> that I, is without question. No question about that. No question. Well, we're going to take our first break of the day here on SWAT Radio. We're going to come back and we're going to uh, start to uh, put a cap on Haggai versus uh, chapter 1 verses 1 to 15. If you want to give us a call, we're at 844-777-7928, and we will be right back on SWAT Radio. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.acedoor.com. The Florida Georgia Truth Network in Argyle at 91.7. Why you ever chose me has always been a mystery. All my life I've been told I belong at the end of the line. With all the other not quite, with all the never get it right. I'm just a nobody 
Welcome to SWAT Radio. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. David Gray and Brad Sykes. Uh, Doug is off today, as he usually is on Friday, and we are happy that you are with us. Um, it's funny, that song, I'm Just a Nobody. Uh, Doug and Lori were talking in the interview Doug did yesterday with when Lori was talking about dreams that she had had since she was a kid about adopting children from China, but thinking, ah. Uh, who am I? I'm just a nobody. I'm just an average person. And and she, they were talking about a story that someone told them about a, a guy named nobody who lived in the land of ordinary. And uh, <laughs> the whole thing is about nobody ever follows a dream or this or that. But then the guy gets a sign from the, the dream catcher or the dream revealer. Or I forget what he was called, but anyway, they get into that in the, uh, in the interview yesterday about how God really, prompted them both, especially Lori, and gave them um, direction and, and kind of clear indication that, that this was his will for them uh, in adopting those kids. It's a very interesting story. Isn't that, <clears throat> that's the beautiful thing about God's call on you and me, Doug and Lori, anybody else, is that uh, he's not looking for Heisman Trophy winners. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> You know, he's not looking for a a plus. You know, Hollywood actors. Look at Jesus' disciples. Uh, uh, that's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. I was teaching last Friday about uh, where Jesus says, you know, you know, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of yeah. men. Yeah. He, you know, look at who he brought on as his first round draft picks. Yep. Yep. You know, it's just normal people, yeah. just normal guys, normal sinful people. Exactly. And, and look what Peter said to him: "Lord, depart from me. I'm a <laughs> sinful man." And I yeah. think. That's the appropriate reaction for yep. all of us. That's right. But, and I, that was Isaiah's reaction in the Old Testament. I, I was undone when I saw the Lord mm. sitting high and mighty on his throne. And, you know, that's the right reaction. But God picks us up and forgives us. That's the whole point of uh, Jesus coming and dying for us and ra being raised to life and calling us, giving us the heart to follow him. So, what um, a great, that ought to be a study we do sometime. Yeah. That he, you know, that when we see God, when we, and this is why I think we need more emphasis on, as we open the word of God, that we learn who God is. Mm. This isn't about us. This no. is about him. Right. The more we know about him and his attributes, the more we are like that. Yeah. You know, I am broken. I am undone. Yeah. And, and, you know, the world wants to paint this picture of God a lot of times as just the big guy upstairs or, right. or the, grand, the, the gentle grandfather kind of cheering us on from the stands or winking at sin and looking the other way and this and that. And, and, and you know, to be honest, I can kind of see the appeal in thinking like that sometimes mm -hmm. because to think about God as he really is results in, should result in our in the reaction of I'm undone, depart from me, Lord, I'm a sinful man. It should, should result in the fear of the Lord, yeah. but, but not to the point where we stay there, right. but that we see what God's done for us and how God lifts us up from that sin and, and makes us, gives us the righteousness of Jesus. Yeah. It's not just a fear in a scared element right it might be that initially it, it certainly might and be an and if you, if you right. are not in christ right that is definitely yeah the, the element there yeah. but it is the reverence it is the honor it is the glory it is it is everything that should be about god yeah 
And that's why, you know, goodness, we need to spend more time well, uh, knowing who he is. Absolutely. And even, and even knowing that, even knowing, and, I, and I'm not saying I come close to knowing everything <laughs> that the scripture teaches about God, but I know a lot of it. And like Lori said yesterday in, her, in describing her story about all the times that she's blown it and all the times we've all blown it, even while we know the truth. Right, that we're human and we're still fallen, and there's still that tension of the mm-hmm. old man versus the new, and yep. and we still blow it. And even knowing all these things, and that's why this first chapter of Haggai, and 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 of course all of God's word is so important. Yeah. It yanks us out of that. It, you know, one of the one of the proverbs that Doug uh, referred to in his teaching was Proverbs eighteen one: He who separates himself seeks his own desires. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think one of the things that I know I do, and, and and I'm sure you can relate to this and many of our listeners can, is that as humans, we like to isolate ourselves and, and do what we want to do. Mm-hmm. Because it's when we put ourselves in God's presence, it's when we put ourselves in the presence of other believers that we get, for lack of a better way to put it, called out. And we don't like that. I don't like that. And so... Uh, I'm thankful in particular for this teaching, not only when Doug did it at the training day, but to be talking about it today. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Why don't we do this? Um, got a, we've got a good 10 minutes here, a little less than 10 minutes. Why don't we read through the text? We'll look at Haggai chapter one, uh, verses one through 15. David, why don't you read it? And then you and I'll just kind of yeah. go verse by verse. We won't spend a whole lot of time on each verse because Doug and I've kind of done that throughout the week, but we'll just talk about things. How, how's this, how does this text impact you? And for those who are listening, if you've never studied Haggai, listen in. T- tune in to what's being said. Mm-hmm. And uh, what does it say about God? What does it say about man? And then how are we to live in light of this word? I'll do my best with all the names here. <laughs> Haggai 1, uh, 1 to 15. In the second year of Darius the king, in the sixth month, on the first day of the month, the word of the Lord came by the hand of Haggai, the prophet, to Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel. You want to help me with that? You're good. Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest. Thus says the Lord of hosts, these people say the time has not yet come to rebuild the house of the Lord. Then the word of the Lord came by the hand of Haggai the prophet. Is it a time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses while this house lies in ruins? Now, therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You have sown much and harvested little. You eat, but you never have enough. You drink, but you never have your fill. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages does so to put them into a bag with holes. Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Go up to the hills and bring wood and build the house that I may take pleasure in it and that I may be glorified, says the Lord. You looked for much and behold, it came to little. And when you brought it home, I blew it away. Why, declares the Lord of hosts, because of my house that lies in ruins while each of you busies himself with his own house. Therefore, the heavens above you have withheld the dew, and the earth has withheld its produce. And I have called for a drought on the land and the hills, on the grain, the new wine, the oil, and on what the ground brings forth, 
on man and beast and on all their labors. Then Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, and Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, with all the remnant of the people, obeyed the voice of the Lord their God and the words of Haggai the prophet as the Lord their God had sent him. And the people feared the Lord. Then Haggai, the messenger of the Lord, spoke to the people with the Lord's message. I am with you, declares the Lord. And the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, the governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and the spirit of all the remnant of the people. And they came and worked on the house of the Lord of hosts, their God, on the 24th day of the month, in the sixth month, in the second year of Darius the king. May God bless the reading of his word. Hmm. What a good word and uh, interesting, just beginning right there in verse 1. It, you know, it's got these bookends. There are specific dates that that God has numbered the days for us. And in this particular text, as he has in other passages throughout the Scripture, he gives specific dates. And if you, you, you go through this, it's 24 days from the first mention of a date to the next one. And really, these fourteenth, you know, these fifteen verses summarize what's happening in those twenty-four days. And uh, you know, for you, David, you and I did, even though you and I played golf the day of the summer SWAT retreat, summer SWAT training day. We Not didn't really, instead of the training day, but on the, as our activity uh, yes, on the training day. And, and I was, we, we really <laughs> didn't get into it. You know, I don't know why. I mean, we may have talked about it briefly, but it was. It was impactful for mm-hmm. me. And mm-hmm. again, there were, there were a number of things that I've kind of put in my notes here that I'll throw out as we discuss this over the next several minutes. But what, what, what was it here that kind of jumped out at you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, first of all, God's biting and almost sarcastic question to the people there in, in, in verse four. Um, is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses while this house, meaning his house, the temple, lies in ruins, right? That God, God is concerned about his people's obedience and he's concerned about his glory. And, and if there's anyone, there's only one person who should be concerned about his own glory, and that's God. And, he, and the Bible talks about that. God is worthy of glory and worthy of our obedience. And so that kind of jumps out at me right away, yeah. that God is—now, is, is now we're going to see there's a reason and there's a method to his biting question here mm-hmm. and to the way he calls them out. This is not done com- completely in anger or as a punishment or anything like that. We'll, and we'll get to that in a, mm-hmm. in a, few, in a couple minutes, mm-hmm. but but that's the first thing that jumps out at me that he he is concerned with our obedience. Yeah, he's concerned that our priorities, right? I know you've been talking about priorities this week. That our priorities are his priorities, and that he's concerned for his glory and his honor. So, Amen. I, and I see that too. One of the things just beginning right there in verse two. In fact. Uh, it says, uh, "The Lord of thus says the Lord of hosts." What's going on there? Mm-hmm. Thus says the Lord of hosts. Fourteen times 
it's mentioned in this particular the Lord book, of Hosts, the yeah. Lord of Hosts. And to me, I've got thus says the Lord. Mm-hmm. What is the Lord saying? Yeah, you know, what, we see what He says to them. He says, "Well, these people say the time has not yet come to rebuild the house of the Lord." Hey, the Lord knows what we're saying in our hearts. As much as we may think we're isolated and nobody else knows what we're really saying in our hearts, he calls them out right there. And what calls them out? The Lord. His word calls him out. Back to our point earlier. As we study the word of God, allow the word of God to call us out. Mm. To to shed, as I put in my notes, that that the, the word shows up and it sheds light. It says in verse 3, Then the word of the Lord came by the hand of Haggai the prophet. Yeah, yeah. So the word of the Lord is going to shed light in those and dark areas. And it's shed, being shed in a gracious way. Amen, amen. Be- because if he didn't care about us, he wouldn't do that. We're amen. going to take a break at the bottom of the hour here for the news. Come on back afterwards on SWAT Radio. With Dr. Robert Jeffress. I want to give you three quick principles to write down and remember these forever about God's test in our life. Some of you right now are going through a tremendous test. Number one, sometimes God asks us to do something that makes absolutely no sense, but it's only because we have a limited perspective. We can't see the future, but thank God we serve a God who does. Secondly, God's tests never deal with those things that are trivial to us. God's tests always deal with those things that are treasure to us. And finally, and this is encouraging, I hope, to you, God's tests are designed for our strengthening. God puts us sometimes in the furnace of testing, not to destroy us, but to strengthen us. Dr. Robert Jeffress is heard Monday through Friday on your station. To learn more, go to ptv.org. There's major delays because of a multi-vehicle crash on the MLK Parkway northbound at I-95 that's closed all the lanes. Also, there's a crash on the West Beltway, 295 northbound at the ramp from U.S. 17 Roosevelt Boulevard. The on-ramp is closed, and that's blocking two right lanes as well. Mostly cloudy tonight, low 77. Saturday, partly sunny and breezy, high 86. From the Traffic and Weather Center, I'm A.J. Welcome back to SWAT Radio, everyone. David Gray and Brad Sykes, and there are some more <laughs> song lyrics that kind of echo what we've been talking about. Uh, there I was on death row, guilty in the first degree. Mm. Um, that should be our, that's our reaction, right? When we understand yeah. who God is and, and who we are. But but that turns to joy when God reveals to us. We don't stay in that state when we belong to him. He lifts us out of that state. and That's where worship comes from. Yep, exactly. Worship that God has died for us and redeemed us and, and calls us his children and part of his family. So, Amen. 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 Anyway, we were talking about uh, this first uh, chapter, first 15 verses of the chapter of Haggai and, and what jumped out at us here. And before the break, we were kind of uh, talking about the fact that, that uh, God is concerned about his own holiness, concerned about 
um, the obedience of his people. And, and during the break, Brad and I were talking about how this, this passage also reveals that, that, as Brad said before the break, God is the Lord of hosts, literally meaning he's the Lord of heavenly armies. Exactly. Right? And he's the Lord who c- controls everything in creation. Yeah, and, and, he, and right here, he speaks. That's right. Pretty powerful. That's right. You know, and, and we mentioned this 14 times he says it in this book. Yeah. What's interesting, what does he say? He says, these people— he doesn't say my people. Mm. He says these people. These people say the time has not yet come. Yeah. And as as if, and I wonder how many times we've done that, where we have sensed God calling us to do something, to step into something, to speak into something. And we say in our own hearts, eh, the time has not yet come. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> as, as if we have a say-so yeah. there. Yeah. Because as you'll see throughout this text, no, God is on the throne. He has all authority. No matter what you may think and what no matter what you may be saying in your heart, God's going to have his way. Yeah. And you you see it throughout this text. And and literally the very next verse, verse 3, then the word of the Lord came by the hand of Haggai the prophet. Mm-hmm. You know, Doug's been talking about this that we we tend to hear uh we we tend to hear voices come from the man of God, but maybe it's a preacher or a teacher, or maybe it's just a brother who speaks into your life. And and we judge the person. We don't we, we we don't receive the truth that's being spoken because we tend to see it through a through the the the, the vessel that's mm-hmm. saying it. Mm-hmm. And uh, boy, that's dangerous, yeah. right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And. and- you know, we were talking about the God speaks, the Lord of hosts speaks. And essentially what he's saying here is he, he's rebuking them for not rebuilding his house, but being, but being worried about their own. And he's also telling them, look, you've done things your own way. Essentially, I'm going to paraphrase. He's mm-hmm. saying, how's that worked out for you? Exactly. Right? Yep. You've done things your own way. And because of that, and I think of, again, I think of the proverb, right, that says, uh, and I might have, I guess I mentioned this earlier, Proverbs 18, one, uh, no, sorry, Proverbs 14, 12, there's a way that seems right to a man, mm-hmm. but it ultimately leads to death, yeah. right? Yeah. And I'm sure these people here thought that it seemed right to them to take care of their own stuff first and not be bothered with God's house, but yet... God's in control, not them. Yeah. And what a reminder that is to us, to me, right? And you said we might have the reaction when God calls us to something, oh, well, I don't think now's the right time. I'll take it even one step further. There have been times in my life, and and, and I'm, you know, I'd like to say, oh, this hasn't happened for years. <laughs> but, of course, <laughs> right. that wouldn't be true. Where not only might I say it's not the right time, but I might reject God's call to something because I just want to do what I want to do. Hmm. And and if I if I submit to his call to pray for someone or do right. this, it means I've got to repent of what I'm doing. Yeah. And I might not be in the mood to do that or ready to do that, as crazy as that sounds. But, but think of all and really what's happening here is they're making an excuse on why they shouldn't 
go do what God's called them to do. Mm-hmm. They, they know what they're supposed to do. Yep. This isn't new news from God. They mm-hmm. knew what they were supposed to be doing. But they're, they're making – these are excuses. And I was thinking, not what are the various excuses that I give when I know where God is calling me, mm-hmm. where, where I am supposed to go? The fact of the matter is, oftentimes, my schedule is so busy that I don't have time for God. Or I'm not gifted in that area. Mm-hmm. Or that's not my – that's not my spiritual – evangelism is not my spiritual mm-hmm. gift discipleship is not my spiritual gift you name it we make all sorts of excuses and in a sense there there's some sarcasm going on here absolutely wouldn't you say absolutely and 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 like that what i said god saying to them how'd that how'd all that work out for you this way seemed right to you but you know you've you've strived for all these things but things have just gotten worse for you from a social and economic standpoint and and, you know, from a possession standpoint, things have not gone better. They've gone worse. And I can say in been plenty of times in my life where I was doing what I thought was right or what, what, what I wanted to do. And the Bible, what does the Bible also say? The way of the transgressor is hard. It's hard. Yeah. And, and you know, and God is essentially saying, I've done all this. Yeah. I've I've thwarted you. I've opposed you. I, I mean, he actually says that right at one point. But what Doug was talking about that, where in verse nine, is it nine? Um, where he basically says, "You looked for much, and behold, it came to little. And what you brought when you brought it home, I blew it away." Right. God is actively opposing them. That's here. right. Yeah. I, and I don't think that's a good place to be. Well, and I think that the. The essence of what is being said here, and you can pull a lot of things out of this, but if the Lord is not a priority in your life and you're his, he's going to blow some things away. Yeah. You know, and we, I'm looking forward to kind of getting into that verse, but verse four says, is it, is it a time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses while this house lies in ruins. Mm. You know, think of all the things that we place before the Lord. What about first seek the kingdom of yeah. God and his righteousness? Right. But what are we putting first in our life? You know, what are we putting second? What are we putting third? Where is God in that lineup? You know, and oftentimes fully, fully admitting right here on the air that the Lord is not even in the top five mm. sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, and and the reality is he's going to blow away some things in your life in order for him to be first. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's a scary thought. Yeah. You know, as you look at our country today, you look at a lot of people who are spending money like crazy. I mean, look at the debt we have. I, I was I read something the other day that right now there's more consumer debt than there has ever been in history in america mm. boy i was like wow i think we just learned about that Haggai. you know the the fact of the matter is is and i put this in my notes they had time to do for themselves but no time for yahweh mm. what are the things that i have put from a time perspective maybe a treasure you know time your talents your treasures what are the things that go before god and that's a as, as we've talked about, it's looking into the mirror of God's word. Yeah, God mm-hmm. exposed some things in my own life that I have put 
a prior listen to this david you ever lay in bed at night and you can't go to sleep because you're thinking about what you got going the next day absolutely or you know i got to get this done i got to get that done yep you know and it's it's a it's a reminder that even our minds need to be renewed Mm -hmm. daily yep and i think that's not only daily but that's why the sabbath is so important too to be refueled yeah. for the week, yeah. to be recharged for the week, to get our priorities straight on the first day of the week. And right here in verse 5, well, look what it says. Now, therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts. Again, there's the Lord of hosts speaking, consider your ways. Mm, yeah. Says ever, that a couple times in this passage. You ever had that conversation ways. with your own kids? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> think about what you're going to do. Yep. Think about it. The Lord of this family is yeah. saying, consider your ways. Yeah, that's right. Because you're headed for disaster. Yeah, Things right. are not going to go well. You, you use that verse that, uh, is that Ecclesiastes? The way, the way of, no, it's a Proverbs. The way of the transgressor is hard. Yeah. Yep. And, and not only does God oppose them and, and thwart them in the ways that we've looked at in these verses about, he says he blew it away and mm-hmm. he, he, the heavens have withheld the dew and the earth the earth has withheld its produce. He makes them miserable. <laughs> exactly. And, and it also reminds me of David talking about when he concealed his sin, his bones wasted away. Mm. He felt like he was wasting away. And 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 I think you and I can both say honestly, we we've experienced that. Yes, I know what I that's like. Yep. Yep. And I think to myself, what's it gonna take? For me to understand, obey God right away. Mm-hmm. Repent repent quickly. Doug mm-hmm. says that all the time, yeah. right? Don't yeah. wallow in it and keep going my own way. Yeah. But uh, anyway, we're, we're coming to our last break of the day. We're going to wrap this up on the last segment of the week here on SWAT Radio. Give us a call. If you have a question or a comment at 844-777-7928. And we will be right back on SWAT Radio. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomnehl.com. The Florida Georgia Truth Network, on the air in Fernandina Beach at 91.3. They say sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some. And right now, right now I'm losing back. Stood on this stage night after night, reminding the broken 
Welcome back to SWAT Radio, everyone. David Gray and Brad Sykes. Happy you are with us here for our last segment of the week. Uh, uh, Monday is Labor Day. We will have a best of SWAT <coughs> Radio broadcast on Monday. And then I think I'm here on Tuesday and Wednesday with fellow SWAT brothers, Brian uh, Andrew and Craig Henderson, respectively. And Well, I want, you, I want to make sure you and Brian don't talk about your golf games (laughs) well i know listen i'm i'm hoping to be able to tune in i'm going to be going down to orlando monday we're going to be playing a repeat of doug and i from uh i think tuesday okay i think it's or or, no it's either tuesday or wednesday i can't monday tuesday anyway it'll be good it'll be good it's good discussion about it's about high guy And uh, and then yeah, you've got Brian, and on. we'll be getting into Haggai chapter two good, on Tuesdays, good, Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, Doug will have a guest on Thursday, and you and I will be back to do this again on Friday. Exactly. Chapter well, two, I, so. I, we went into the break, and I was just uh, interesting. I wonder when you're taking notes and in, in your Bible and the margins. My handwriting's gotten so bad over the years, I can barely read my own handwriting. But I I, I put two stars next to verse six for me personally and uh you, you know he, he says here he says you've sown much and harvested little you, you eat but you never have enough you drink but you never have your fill you clothe yourself but no one is warm and he who earns wages does so to put them into a bag with holes that's quite an expression i mean i'm gonna i'm gonna mem- I'm, I'm big on memorizing scripture i'm gonna memorize that one because it's so true if we are his, this is much of the church right here. Mm. This is me oftentimes, that I'm sowing a lot, but I'm harvesting very little. Mm. I'm spending a lot of time doing frivolous things that don't have a return yeah. on their investment. Yeah. Uh, he says, you eat, but you never have enough. Yeah. The, and Obviously, he's talking about food here, but in the sense that we're feeding on a lot of different things in our world that just do not satisfy we're drinking but we're parched yeah you know that this idea that we're clothing ourselves but we're still frigid um he who earns wages does so to put them into a bag with holes in it yep. listen if i could tell you all the times that i have um you know earned a good amount of money and before you knew it it was gone listen god has a way of doing that yep as much as we may not like that yeah I've told people oftentimes, and it's just part of God writing uh, his story in my life in that areas of financial success were great, but it was actually the failures Mm. that God took us through that made us realize those financial rewards are so unsatisfying. (laughs) I mean, you know, people strive to be you know successful popular powerful uh the reality is he's saying right here in this verse it's not going to satisfy yeah we were talking about that during the break how much do we see that in culture yeah uh what are the things that people are chasing after to find satisfaction and fulfillment and fulfillment and purpose right it's not that certain things like that are bad in and by themselves but now we come back to priority Right. But when they are the priority, as opposed to knowing God and obeying God and serving God, then 
And those things may be part of what God calls us to do. There may be elements oh, of let those me, things. Let me right? tell you. I, listen, I mean, go you, make a bunch of money. Yeah. Great. Right. Um, right. Uh, I, that that yeah. is definitely not what I would be saying. Right. I, it's as to your point. It's the priority. Yeah. What? Whose money is it? And what has God called you to do with that? That's right. To steward well over. Yeah. Right. Yep. And uh, you know, again, verse seven. Thus says the Lord of hosts. There it is again. Yep. Consider your ways. Well, I wanted to make sure we got to this too, because of the other thing that I wrote that stood out to me in this is the end of the section, the end of the chapter, is that is that the intent of God's rebuke and discipline here in the first section, where he's calling them out with mm-hmm. everything we've talked about so far, bears fruit. Yes, it does. In that it says that the pe- that Zerubbabel and Joshua and with the remnant of the people obeyed the voice of the Lord their God and the words of Haggai the prophet as the Lord their God had sent him, and the people feared the Lord. Then Haggai, verse 13, the messenger of the Lord spoke to the people with the Lord's message, I am with you, declares the Lord, and the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel the son of Shealtiel, and the spirit of Joshua, the high priest, and the spirit of all the remnant of the people, and they came and worked on the house of the Lord of hosts, their mm. God. Mm. So mm. this is very much, to me, similar to the the parable of the lost son, or which really should be called the parable of the forgiving father. But this idea that God's words to them in the beginning of this section were not to punish them. It was they were to change them, yeah. and his actions were not punishment. Although I'm sure it felt like punishment. The people that belong to God, you and I, and everyone who belongs to God, God doesn't punish in the sense that we think of punishment, because He already punished Jesus mm. in our place. Amen. He disciplines yeah. us, and there is a difference. <clears throat> That's right. Now it again. It feels like punishment sometimes. It's it, Hebrews says it's never pleasant at the time, but it produces a harvest of righteousness for those who are trained by it. That's right. And and I think that's what we see happening here. By the way, all that is said in Hebrews in the New Testament. This is happening in the Old Testament, back to our commentary about not unhitching from the Old <laughs> Testament. Well, I mean, we know from Hebrews 12, but we're, it says, for the Lord disciplines yeah. the one he loves. He chastises every son he receives. That's right. Why? He says, enduring, endure suffering as a discipline. God is treating you as sons. For what son is not disciplined by his father? Because he loves us. That's and if right. he didn't love us, he wouldn't care. That's and he right. wouldn't be bothered with but, changing us. But what is he, you, you talk about, what is he disciplining you for? Yeah. You know, <clears throat> it, he's disciplining you for change, but even change is not a means to an end. The end is his glory. Correct. In fact, in verse 9, it says, you know, you look for much, and behold, it came to little. And when you brought it home, I blew it away. Why? He says, why? He said, declares the Lord of hosts, because of my house that lies in ruins, while each of you busies himself with his own house. Here, here's here's the notes that I, I wrote down here. I said, God will destroy all that that goes towards my glory. Mm. What are we spending our money and our time doing? Are, that, that's kind of the question that I put here in my little notes from our summer SWAT training day. Mm-hmm. The money 
you know, the, the time, the talent, and the treasures, how am I spending that? Because if I'm spending it for my glory, God's going to blow it away. Yeah. He, he just is. He says, therefore, in verse 10, the heavens above you have with, withheld the dew and the earth has withheld its produce. I've called you, I've called for a drought on the land and the hills and on the grain and the new wine, the new oil, on what the ground brings forth on man and beast and all of their labors. You know, the reality is we can do a lot of things, quote, and I'm using air quotes here, for the Lord, when in reality we're doing it for yeah. ourselves. Right. Right. And uh, and this is this is it because right. in verse eight he says that I may take pleasure in it, and that I may be glorified. Yeah. Says the Lord. Yeah, I liked what you said there about he's disciplining us for his glory. So you're, the change is the intermediary step. He's changing us so that our lives will seek to glorify him. Yeah, and hand in hand with that is. He's disciplining us to conform us or change us into the image of Christ. Yes. And what was Jesus all about? Jesus was all about glorifying the Father. Yeah, I came that the Father might be glorified. I, I'm, I only tell you what I learned from the Father. I, I do, you know, I've, I've come to do the Father's will. Jesus constantly is talking about showing them and telling them what the Father showed him and doing everything to the Father's yes. glory and the yes. Father's will. Yes. And so uh, that all goes hand in hand. I'm glad you said that, that that's the end goal of the Lord, of the Lord of hosts, yeah. is that we glorify him, and by becoming more like Christ, that's yeah. how we do that. And and the other thing is, well, not the other thing. The, the goal is God's glory. I love what Piper says, John Piper says in his book, Don't Waste Your Life. God is most glorified when we are most satisfied in him. Mm. And this whole text here for me personally is is about sat, being satisfied in God, being satisfied in what he's called you to do. What he because in verse 11, excuse me, in verse 10 it says therefore the heavens above have withheld the dew. In other words, God is able to control, you know, it's Matthew 28, 18, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to the Lord. Mm. So he's got control over the weather. The hurricane just missed us because God, that was God's providence. Uh, God's going to withhold the dew. He's going to withhold the rain in your life in order to produce in you fruit that gives glory to him. Mm. So, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a challenging text and one that is very sobering. Because this basically speaks to me in the sense that the time and the talents and the treasures that God has, has blessed me with, I'm accountable for. Mm. Yeah. And I think sometimes it's, it's very easy to forget that, to forget yep. that we're accountable for these things and to, back to the original point, think that we're in control. These resources belong to us. They don't. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. We are we are just stewards of these things, yeah. and um, and that you know that idea of being accountable for these things again. If we're if we're in Christ, we don't have to fear His wrath That's or His right. punishment, but we should be concerned about because we care about Him and care about His glory that we're doing things 
yeah. that promote that. Well, the, the beauty, uh, there's so much in this that obviously God's, God wants us, God wants him to be the priority in our life. That what he's calling them to do to go back and build the temple, to rebuild the temple, was not an easy task. Mm-hmm. Some of what God, well, in fact, whatever God has called you to won't be easy. But he says there in verse 13, the, then Haggai, the messenger of the Lord, spoke to the people with the Lord's message. How important is this? He says, I'm with you, declares yeah, the Lord. Right. You're not on your own. Yep. You know, and you, you and I were talking about it on the break. When we are on our own, <laughs> yeah. it's dangerous. Yeah, that's right. You know? That's right. Well, that's the other part of what I was getting at. I thank you for reminding me of that, that, that God reveals here at the end in the, in the scriptures that, that the people do respond to his rebuke. And that God doesn't just leave it at that, but he tells them that he's actively with them, as opposed to the first part of the yeah. passage where he was saying, yes. essentially, I'm opposing yeah. you yeah. because of your lack of obedience and your lack of having your priorities right. So, Well, 